0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join me in an empty yet sunny capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Fergus Hay, Chief Executive and Partner at Ligas Delaney, one of the world's best known independent creative communication agencies. Fergus, hello.
1: Matthew, great to speak to you. How are you?
0: I am well. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your day to appear on the program today. I know we uh, speak under strange circumstances, uh, but we should probably address those before we get to the concepts of leadership. How has COVID-19 affected your business?
1: Well, I suppose they're intrinsically entwined, aren't they, Um, leadership and how we handle COVID-19. It is a clearly unprecedented, unprecedented time for any business. And um, every scenario plan that one has at the beginning of the year has to be thrown up um, and out of the window. And like every business, um, we look hard at what we saw in front of us, which is a drop in consumption um, at the same time as a macroeconomic crisis, which I think has been slightly smoke screened by COVID at the moment. Mm. And um, you have to look at what your clients need and how they've changed. Um, how consumption has changed in the market, and how your own employees are um, feeling, because that is such an important part of how an organization can react. So um, like every business, we've had to react fast. We're independent and private, so um, we have that ability to be fast. And um, because we've been around for 40 years, we've seen quite a lot of issues happen in the world and um, and affect our business. So we are quite battle-hardened in that case to make sure that we're fit for purpose, ready to do business, and able to help our clients um, for the next kind of six to nine months of this uh, peculiar cir- circumstance.
0: What sort of um, precautions have you put in place for your workforce?
1: Well, the first thing to do is to be cool. sure-footed. I think, you know, in these really unsettled times, um, if you radiate as a leadership team um, a sense of anxiety and a sense of um, a lack of clarity of what our, what we think our plan is, and that radiates really fast down through the organization. Um, I know the Italians have a brilliant saying, which is the fish rot from the head first. Mm-hmm. And I think that, is, um, that pertains to all walks of life, from running one's family to, to running a business. And so um, we made sure that we were short-footed. Uh, we made sure that we had a clearly articulated plan and that we communicated very, very frequently in person before the lockdown. So we would bring the company together every day, give them an update, um, post the government announcement and how we think that will affect our business and how that affects our plan. So actually, what what we had is a pretty consistent set of messages um, internally so that when we got to um, moving to working from home, it was no surprise to anyone. And we ensured that everyone was trained in advance of that. And that means that when they get into a new environment, their living room, their study, their kids' bedroom, things aren't all unsettled. They're clear on what the working protocols are, Um, And they've got frequent touch points from us as a leadership team um, every morning so that we can reduce the disruption as much as possible. And that enables people to feel settled. And I think if people can feel settled, then they can adjust and then they can um, they can perform.
0: Now, do you believe this is going to have a long term economic impact on not only your industry, but uh, the other industries that you compete with?
1: Well, Matthew, I'll tell you, if I really knew the answer to that, I'd be a very wealthy person. Um, But I would I would guess is my instinct is I think um, there are this is a two step dance. I think we have the um, immediate effects of coronavirus and the lockdown. Um, My instinct is we're going to be feeling that for 18 months. I I don't believe um, that we're going to go from the darkness into the light overnight. I think we'll probably have some pulses of lockdowns over the next 18 months that will come back. And that will obviously affect consumption. Um, although people will be getting more adjusted to it um, and I think the uh, the broader issue really after the lockdown is um, the impact of the capital markets and the and the um, capital crisis that the the world has been facing really since february and uh, and I think you know we're in for a kind of five year period of um, significantly adjusted economic performance around the world um, that will affect everyone from their disposable income to the assets they've invested in to the free cash flow that companies have to the money that the governments have, um, which has obviously significantly depleted over the last month.
0: Well, of course, another uh, unintended consequence of this uh, is probably a drop in the value of commercial real estate, where so many businesses find that they can operate just fine without using an expensive office rental. Uh, So that will be an interesting uh, transition to see.
1: I can I can absolutely empathise with that, and and I feel for um, the developers actually because I can see that they're in a bit of a vice between having a property portfolio that um, should be generating free cash flows through the rental, but of course businesses right now are um, either de- deferring their rentals or not paying them um, out of out of distress, and that puts an enormous squeeze mm. on the big property development companies who of course got big construction companies businesses on the other side that being funded by the rental. So so I think that is going to be um quite damaging um to the economy. The the flip side of that is of course how quickly everyone has adapted to working from home, which is which is the point you were making. And um and what people have learned from it. And we've certainly seen in our business is the efficiency has gone through the roof. Mm. You know, it's amazing how um when people can see a calendar of calls throughout the day, um every every call starts on time everyone is prepared every call finishes on time uh, meetings don't get bumped and and that has been i think a a great discipline i'm sure that lots of businesses are feeling right now um that uh, that has improved and it's one of the the many lessons that i think we'll all take out of this period of lockdown that will make business um more efficient uh, probably more values based certainly more community orientated and um, for the future so so there is certainly some benefits to come out of it
0: well, we might as well uh, touch on the subject of leadership. Um, now, what does the word leader mean to you?
1: Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing um, question uh, to, to lay down. For me, uh, a leader is about setting a path that is clearly articulated and taking accountability for um, getting there. And whether that is in the sporting world, whether that is in the commercial world, or whether that is in really your own family, it's about being clear on objectives and goals, and being accountable for bringing everyone there um, as a group.
0: And how would you describe your personal leadership style?
1: God, I mean, it's always um, I'm not always I never talk about it, so It's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's a tricky question to answer. Um, what, what I think what my um, my colleagues would say is um, that I have a very clearly articulated vision. And I bring an awful lot of energy to bring people um, to believe in that vision and pursue it. Um, Of course, I don't believe that that there is a single prototype of a leader, Mm. Um, but I would hope that there are some core elements. And I think Warren Buffett talked on this, which is about having intelligence, energy and integrity and um, integrity being the most important one of those. Um, And in in our career, we work with fantastic leaders across many, many different um, categories. And uh, I remember Stephen Stanbrook, who's the global COO of SC Johnson, the packaged goods company in America, he said to me that um, integrity is defined as um, delivering on the promises you make to people. And I think that's a, a cornerstone of leadership that I hope that I, I stand by, but um, certainly aspires to try to stand by every day.
0: Now, unfortunately, we are drawing down quite rapidly on time. Uh, but before I let you go, I'd like to know a couple of things. Firstly, who inspired you to become the leader you are today?
1: I've drawn from many, many, many different um, sources. Actually, <clears throat> I'm fortunate enough to have worked with some really inspirational people, such as Martin Sorrell and, um, and Miles Young, who's the CEO of Ogilvy Group Worldwide. Uh, my partner right now is um, Tim Delaney, who's one of the um, icons of the global advertising industry. They all have different attributes and, and represent different skill sets and, um, and values. But what they all are is decisive. And they're all um, very clear in what we're all trying to achieve. And I think um, they've they've informed my career all the way through.
0: Well, I'd like to uh, thank you very much for coming on the program today. Uh, And just before we go, what does the next 12 months have in store for Lingus Delaney?
1: Well, we will, we will do what we wake up to do every morning, which is think intelligently about our clients' problems and help them address them. You know, we are incredibly client-focused, so we are, will not be detracted from um, doing business. Uh, we won't be detracted from innovation, and we will certainly um, look forward to helping our clients emerge from this, um, this economic crisis and hopefully emerge um, stronger and better. And, as we, and if that happens, then we will also be stronger and better, so a client-first mentality.
0: Well, Fergus, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today, and I definitely hope that you can come back when things calm down a bit and we can have a a further conversation. Fergus, thank you. I'd enjoy
1: that. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you for your time.
0: That was Fergus Hay, Chief Executive and Partner at Lingus Delaney. And now, if you haven't heard it before, it's Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Andrew Strauss.
2: Hello and welcome. I'm Jonathan White, and today we are joined by Sir Andrew Strauss, former captain of the England cricket team, and former Director of Cricket at the ECB. Andrew, thank you very much for joining us today.
3: Real pleasure to be here. Thank you. Uh,
2: The pleasure is all of ours. You know, Andrew, you've had a distinguished career, as I said, both on and off the pitch in English cricket, recognised not least with your knighthood for services to sport just last year. So congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. Um, Now, there have been ups and downs in the career, like any career, including public and private disagreements with certain individuals. And on that front, I think what everybody wants to know, have you finally forgiven Marcus Dreskothic for giving you that stupid Lord Brockett nickname?
3: <laughs> um, well, my recollection was that it wasn't Marcus Dresscothic who gave me that nickname. Ah. It was actually Mark Butcher. Uh, He's but to blame. You know, I think there were a lot of people. It was the senior England teams at, the mm. mo- at that time who wanted to sort of put me in my place we won the Ashes, but also the day after, you know, that open-top bus parade around London, and to understand that we'd broken out of the cricket bubble, that they're just general sports fans or just people that were interested in, in seeing England win at something were all engaged and uh, completely besotted by the whole thing. I think that's
2: such a key point, now because there's, there's so, there were so many people back in 2005 that may have not even given cricket a second glance
3: the World Cup final was quite extraordinary.
2: I know some fantastically avid cricket fans who were Googling there and then what exactly the rules became. because I Yeah, well, so was, <laughs> I, was I, actually. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, Andrew, in your, in your wife's memory, you established the Ruth Strauss Foundation last year. Uh, in doing so, whether you'd admit it or not, yourself and the foundation has become an inspiration to thousands, husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters. Please do take some time, if you wouldn't mind, Andrew,